Welcome to The Bitter Jury, your weekly podcast for the biggest storylines, results, and controversies from the Big Brother 24 season. My name is Daniel Westhoff, and boy, do we have a lot to break down on this BB24 finale episode, where we saw Taylor Haley bring home the victory on Sunday night. For the first time in BB history, we have a black woman as a winner, and not only that, she won the game as America's favorite player. Uh, and to make this episode even more special, we brought on a special guest tonight. Uh, joining us to break down all of Sunday's events is a BB alumni. He was a co- contestant on season 20, a founding member of the famous Level 6 Alliance, and part of one of the most iconic bromances in recent BB history. Winston Hines, welcome to the podcast. How are you doing tonight? Woo, thanks for having me, boys. Thanks. What? Quite the introduction there. Thank you for, for giving me that level six. You know, it's kind of like Mark Zuckerberg, like getting to create Facebook kind of in a way and then uh, just get booted. But yeah, thank you for that introduction. Yeah. Sure. You may not have been able to live the entire level six, uh, but you at least helped found it. So uh, also joining us tonight, uh, he's been with me on every podcast since day one. Uh, he's the reason we have Winston here tonight because uh, you two have met before. But uh, Charles, welcome back to the podcast. I know you're a little salty from the finale. Uh, have we recovered yet? Were you man- able to uh, watch the last 20 minutes or have you, is that just forever gone in your mind? You know what? My only recovery is that I'm drinking the same thing as Winston right now. So cheers. Um, (laughs) Cheers. Yeah. No, no recovery for me. I'm going to be salty for a while. Um, Maybe, you know, here's a good thing. And I'll preface this. I think that outside of you all and the rest of the world, thankfully, the other people that I know that watch Big Brother, they're equally as upset as I am by (laughs) the fucking result. So at least I have a scapegoat and I can just bitch about it to somebody that actually agrees with me. Boy, we we run in very different circles. I'll I'll just say that. Yeah, I was gonna say I disagree. Not hop in here immediately, but I'm like I enjoyed the the finale. I'm happy with who won. Everyone I've talked to has the opposite effect. They they were very happy with the season. They're happy with the ending and the way it went. So I'm interested to hear. Why That's Charles what I'm won. saying. The America's favorite player wasn't even a question in my mind. I would have bet my entire future uh, on it if I could have. Uh, but Charles was still questioning it to the last second. So, um, Which is why we love Charles. We have to have a polar opposite. This is great. <laughs> yeah, we'll get into I'm, it. I'm the Simon Cowell here, You're right? You're the Simon Cowell. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, I, I, heard totally. wanted, I heard you wanted Paloma to win the uh, America's <laughs> What did her to win what? America's favorite. No, that was Pooch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I like that kid. I like yeah, that. boy Pooch. Well, for the final introduction, uh, he needs no introduction. And I actually don't know where he falls on the spectrum of liking or disliking the final. So, Dalton, welcome to the podcast. Uh, what's your initial reaction to this finale? Are you a fan or are you as salty as Charles? Oh, man. So I always have uh, my conspiracy theory cap on, as you guys know, from uh, all the episodes this season. So I am very intrigued. Obviously, I'm not going to play my hand right out of the gate here. I'm super intrigued what you guys think of the Instagram stories from Taylor post winning and the vibe with Joseph as opposed to the showmance with Monty there at the end. Um, So that's all I'm going to say right out of the gate. I cannot wait to get into it here in a little bit. Oh, well, I know exactly where that conspiracy theory is going. And for once, I might be on board with this one. So we'll we'll get to it. 
but first, uh, kind of wanted to get into some question and answer because we have a BB alumni here with us. So let me just kick this off. Winston, as a former house guest, what is your relationship with the show now? Uh, I know you didn't have a huge history with it before you went into the house, but now as you've been in there, you've seen the guts of the show, how the mechanics work. Uh, what's your relationship show with the show now? Has it changed? And, uh, and how do you watch the show as an alumni? I will say, first and foremost, <clears throat> I was so lucky to have played that like after having played and seen it like from start to finish, the amount of work that that production team does behind the scenes to make sure that it is as pure as it can be, hands down, like it is the best show on television. Hands down. It's better than Survivor. It's a different game than Survivor. I hate when people even compare them. They're very different. Um, I will say having have done Love Island, it gave me that respect of like, wow, that is how a show is truly ran. Don't get me wrong. I'm not sliding Love Island here. It's just very different. And obviously it's a totally different concept, but man, Big Brother has been so much fun to watch knowing that I know how small that kitchen is and I know <laughs> what it smells like in that HOH room. And I know the little intricacies that like only a person who can play it knows. And it's weird. It's kind of like, I don't know. It's kind of like um, Greek life. Like afterwards, of course, we all the alumni reach out and because you, you obviously can only really relate having played, but man, it was, it's, it's amazing. I love watching it now as a fan. I missed an episode episode. <laughs> you can tell how many bourbons I've had. I've missed a couple <laughs> episodes uh, here and there this season, but this season really was a good one for me. Uh, I enjoyed it thoroughly. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, so pull back that curtain for us a little bit. Is there like, you know, is, are there things that you've seen inside the house as an alumni that would surprise even a live feeder like myself uh, that you really can't grasp until you're in that house? Oh, yeah. If you lean on the door of the DR, you can almost hear through that other door. A little bit. <laughs> so, like, I've actually wondered that during voting because they're loud and they're shouting like, oh, I'm so happy. I'm finally evicting Terrence. But like there's someone waiting in the hallway. Like, how do you know that that isn't heard? Is there white noise? No, Nothing. there's not. And you can hear. Listen, you can hear everything in that house. That's another thing. And people will whisper loudly, obviously. Um, but I mean, I, it was like. The paranoia reaches a certain height, especially after like week two, when everybody's playing nice at first and being Mr. Nice Guy. And then it's like, okay, nobody can fake it anymore. It's a game of bite your tongue. But like when you know, so you see feet outside of the shadow of the little crack in the room and you know someone's standing there and you're trying to signal, hey, stop. Like that kind of stuff is just so hard to really relay and like to people who aren't in there. But I'm telling you the the place is so much smaller than it looks on TV. Like that was the wildest experience it was like getting in there. I was like, Hmm, this is, looks like a, like a fun house. Like this is so tiny. And you it's wanted a, a converted house, right? It's yes. like, yeah. It's, it's a normal a, house that they built a studio on the side. It's built on a stage. Uh, it's the backyard is just like 20 yards of shitty. <laughs> it's like, there's one corner where you can see one tree branch. And I remember in my lowest moments, I would sit in the hammock and be like, you know what? The outside world exists. There's a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, because you bring up the backyard, I, I, you know, this season they did the whole dire fest and people had to live in that backyard for a week straight. Like, tell me, what, what did they Brutal. really experience? Like, how, like, how bad First is it? First of all, Kyle, his gameplay, his switch up. A lot. He caught a lot of flack for that. Oh, not that stuff that we're, we're talking about, but I'm talking about his switch up of like, you know, throwing, exposing the, the leftovers. Yeah. I was like, that was genius. It kept him, it kept him there that week. 
what a tough week because I'm telling you living outside and in the month of June, July, like it gets really cold at night in LA and hot during the day. And like the fact that they were living there for an entire week, I mean, that almost sounded worse than any of the, um, uh, oh my gosh, the have not rooms that I saw. I mean, I, like that just sounded like torture, but yeah, that, that backyard is so tiny. And, um, you know, we were, okay, here's the common misconception. A lot of people will, that casual watchers, which, you know, if you're a live feedster, but you're locked in that house for three days sometimes when they're building a comp outside and you don't see the sun. And like, for me, I'm a very outdoorsy person. Like I was losing my mind 48 hours with no windows, just that alone. That's crazy. I'm going to go. Um, I don't know if you've listened to us, but I go random sidebar questions. So now even in this moment, I just thought of one. So thinking about how terrible it was to be trapped inside and kind of live through that. Having been in Love Island, compare how terrible it was to be inside to the anticipation of like the recoupling ceremony. Oh, shoot. That was all smiles because it didn't matter. I knew at the end of the day, I was going back to another resort and I was going to party my ass off with the crew. Like, <laughs> that was just a different. And I had so much fun on Love Island. Like, first of all, there was no cash that prize that I'm fighting for. I was there to just hang out, have fun. I knew I was there for comedic relief. Obviously walking in, I was not the, I was not the six foot four model from LA that every other guy was, but that was just such a different thing. Like the, the anxiety or like the, the, okay, I'll put it this way. The show itself on Love Island. Um, I was in the villa, I think like two and a half weeks or so, maybe two weeks. And during that two weeks, we had like multiple days off where there was no shooting. They would separate the guys and the girls, but you knew, hey, you're off camera right now. You can breathe. You can do it. Just that alone was able to reset your mind and be like, you know what? I'm chilling. This is great. Um, the girls went away for a spa day and like we went down to the beach. And so like that doesn't happen in Big Brother. You you don't right. have any moments of clarity of knowing, OK, I can truly just like almost relax. Even when you're yeah. sleeping, you know, you sleep with one eye open and you're like, you know, you're being filmed and then, you know, the game's going on if you're sleeping. So it's a game of who can sleep the less. And, you know, the older guys at the beginning always have the hardest trouble because they want their sleep. And when they're sleeping, people are scheming. So, I mean, yeah, these house guests, they stay up till 6, 7 a.m. in the morning. I'm awake 9 a.m. You know, Eastern time. They're still gaming, haven't gone to bed yet. It's it's crazy sometimes. Yeah. Wait, so you have that component, but which which uh, show pays better? <laughs> you know, I mean, it's not much. I, I think they actually both paid me the same, which was kind of funny. Yeah. I thought maybe I'd make more from the second one, uh, but it, it's not a lot. But it, it's it's enough to keep the lights on and stuff if you quit your job, you know. But um, what what was fun with like Big Brother was the you know there were a lot of other opportunities afterwards where we all got together as a cast and you know bars would have us out and, and pay us and this and that so like there were ways to make money and stuff but ultimately I don't think you really do like like Love Island was not for the money you know it was more of just like and I got lucky to get away from my job at the time to be able to go do that one so it was a no brainer like boss gave me the unpaid leave for like the month and a half to do it. And I was like, Oh, we'll go to Fiji and maybe meet a girl who doesn't want anything to do with me. That's awesome. Let's go. So but love um, Island is for love, right? It's love Island. Yeah. There was no love. <laughs> that Island was shady. Um, it was fun. Though. It was fun. I, I met some good dudes. I uh, had a good time on the beach, you know, got a good tan. It was fun. So switching back to, to BB, um, obviously, you know, a lot of showmances, a lot of bromances don't translate to the real world. 
you and Brett's clearly has, uh, yeah. say the least. So, you know, tell us about that. And then if you want to, obviously, uh, you know, tell us about your most recent trip to Vegas. Yeah. yeah. He, so I don't know why, but this guy has been low key, like obsessed with me for the longest time, you know, <laughs> he walked in the room. He's like, Oh my gosh, I want to be just like this cat. And he's like an annoying little brother that follows me around. It's flattering. Uh, now nah, we became like boys on like day one. We were just making each other laugh. And like, if there's one thing I know, it's I'm not going to take myself too serious. And if I click with someone like that, that has got my humor and wit, like we just go. And it, it became like, obviously, we knew we'd be boys, but it ruined both of our games. Like, and you can <laughs> clearly watch and be like, these two are idiots. Why are they hanging out? But when you're the, the, like, truthfully, the hardest part to like understand is when you're thrown into a house of 16 strangers, you gravitate towards the people that you have common ground with period, whether that's humor, whether that's from where you're from or whatever. And it's so hard to separate that and say, okay, I recognize we have a connection. I trust our connection, but I need to distance myself from you because in that time, there's so much dead time guys, there's nothing to do. You want to hang with the people that you want to be around. And so like my, my, my respect goes back to like season 16 with Derek and Cody, the fact that they separated. And, and I talked to Derek about this, like face to face. He told me about how hard it was. Like I was saying for me and Brett, like how we didn't ignore each other where he was like, <laughs> me and Cody had a connection, recognized it, made a solid pact and then backed off. And that like played obviously right into both their favors until the end. But yeah, so it, it crashed and burned for me and Brett. <laughs> Yeah, well, made for good television. Um, <laughs> something I've always wanted to ask a Big Brother alumni, I, you know, I'm a live feeder. I feel like I know a lot about the game. I don't know a lot about the diary room. What are, like, how does that work? Are you talking just to like a blank wall and there's a speaker in there? Are you, yeah. do you go in there and can you decompress a little bit or is it just like cameras on, we're going to record you nonstop, whatever happens in there? Like, Okay, there's. it's funny that you, because you really know. So there are two things there that you hit on. First of all, it was kind of a, oh my gosh, the cameras are off moment, right? Where you can walk right. in and be like, I can breathe. And I can truthfully tell this person behind this wall, who's, by the way, you don't see a face. It's just a red light camera. But you can tell this person things that are going through your brain out there. So like you can actually sit down and be like, okay, I can tell everything. But just know that when you do walk in, you are being recorded, period. And so you're not really able to decompress because there's a lot of things that I've seen throughout our season and mine and moments that are recorded, like, you know, people tear up in there, this or that, that maybe necessarily didn't know all oh, this we're on now. Like we're, we're talking, we're having this conversation because you get to know those, those story producers very well during the season. And like each person is assigned usually one or two people that you create common ground with, right? Cause they get better stuff out of you, if that makes sense. So you have your person or two, that you work with throughout that, that time. And you meet them after the show usually and, and at rap party and they come up to you and they're like, Hey, I was so inside. And you recognize their voice. It's so crazy. You're like, Oh my gosh. And you <laughs> hug them. You're like, this is insane. Um, it was so cool. And so they chat with you about, the, about your game and stuff and where it went wrong, but it, it is really cool. But yeah, the DR is a place where you can decompress, but at the same time you're still on. So it is a weird dynamic there where yes, you're able to be a hundred percent like, this is what's going on out there. I'm trying to explain it to you because I just lied to so-and-so and it may look like to the live feedsters. Oh, it may look like, man, we're all over the map. Like it doesn't look like this guy knows what he's doing. But then when he goes to DR, he's able to explain, Hey, here's why I said X, Y, Z. And um, even sometimes that doesn't come across. I've noticed too, 
especially within my season and stuff, there were some different conversations that were shown. I was like, oh, well, I know why I reacted that way, but it didn't really come off that way. So, yeah. Wait, Sorry, so, so, oh, wait, so caught me off at any time. Tell me to shut the hell up. No, <laughs> no, 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 this is, this is what we came for, man. We we're, we're, we'll be here till midnight. If you want, but so being one of those guys who like, wasn't a super fan, wasn't a live feeder, like Westoff, like, did it take you by surprise the DR or did you kind of have like somebody in the house? Like, Hey brother, like, this is a thing. Like, yeah. did you have any? It, it took me by surprise. Well, I mean, I knew, obviously, I knew about the DR. I knew everything I could. Sure. And I knew about, you know, live feeds. I knew, I mean, God, trust me, I was cutting words out of my vocabulary. I was <laughs> that summer, every time I'd say a certain thing or, or discuss a certain thing, I would drop and do push ups. I'm not kidding you. So I would cut out just a few things. I wasn't talking politics. I wasn't talking Trump. I wasn't talking. I was like, you can cast me however you want. And if you want to cast me as the, the gun toting psycho, from you know southern kentucky okay cool because once i get in there i'm going to be able to be myself like there's that's the one appeal of big brother that these other shows don't have the bachelor you're edited post-edit production it was filmed six months ago good luck on how you're going to look in live feeds i knew their camera's rolling right now and no matter what comes out of my mouth and what i say and how i do that is going on here like i just knew you could be more real that's why i love the show but did that does that make sense kind of in a way so like i knew about it but in a way, you don't really know until you're in there. And then you forget about the cameras being on. I mean, you do. do, you, by do like, you forget? Because, like, I've always wondered that. Like, as a live feeder, I'm like, sometimes I'm, I'll am i be washing the dishes at my house. And I'll be like, if I was in the Big Brother house right now, people would be watching me do this. Like, do you actually forget? That was the point where, like, yes, okay, I left on day 30 or 31. But, like, I remember by... About two weeks in, I think two weeks is the pressure cooker is up and everybody's done being fake or, you know, um, like I just remember people not cleaning up after themselves in the kitchen and a little stuff like that, that you're starting to be like, okay, that annoys me, but I'm no longer going to bite my tongue kind of thing. And you would notice, like you're saying, at the beginning, I would catch myself like looking in the corner and be like, oh, there's two cameras. Oh, there's this. But that <laughs> first, our first, um, first week or so wasn't on feeds for season 20. So we, we didn't know what they were using, what they weren't, anything like that. It wasn't like they were saying, hey, it's go time. Like, we just assumed everything was still a go. Like, they could use anything they want. But you had people tricking the cameras. I remember Rachel at the very beginning, like, day one, she's like, she's like, yeah, one time I, and she's flipping off the camera so they can't use it. And she's like, one time I, I, uh, I thought she was talking about something about, I don't know, her sexual expert, expert <laughs> something in college. And she's flipping off the camera. And I was like, oh, that's funny. I was like, because she's like, then they can't use it and blah, blah, blah. And then they would yell over the thing. But you you that was only going on for the first three days. And then it's like slowly it becomes this thing where, you know, getting out of the shower with your towel on was the norm. You didn't drop. You just you changed under your bed sheets or in a corner and like that was just what you did you just totally forgot about it yeah i would say day 15 16 is when people start forgetting about it all right last super nerd uh intimate question i guess the public bathroom and being on national television every time like it would freak me out to know that every time i go to the bathroom everyone knows when in my schedule and like does that bother you in there (laughs) are you kidding me I was the first one up every morning to smell of coffee and I'm, I'm going straight to the toilet. Home. I, I didn't care. And I knew I'm like, God, dude. And I knew when you get up, here was the creepiest part. When I would get up first and it was either Steve or me that would get up and the coffee would go. Summer of Steve. 
I remember getting up and the camera, you can hear them when they move. They're like, mm. and the camera would follow me. And I'm like, man, it's 5 a.m. I'm getting up to take a piss. And this thing's just <laughs> following me, moving, going to the bathroom. And I'm like, everyone knows if they're watching the feeds that I got up to pee. Yeah, that's weird. What's weirder is there's a camera in the bathroom, in the toilet, because if you were sitting there on the toilet having a conversation with someone outside the door and they got to use it, they're going to use it. So you just got to be, yeah, it was just at that point, you're like, well, this is it. This is, this is what it's come to. I'm sure my mom was real proud. So <laughs> as an attorney, like how long was the contract that you fucking signed? Yeah, before you got signed it? And you definitely didn't read it. No, I didn't read it. I even thought about like, it's funny. I wish that I had you. I sent it to you. Like, look this over. No, I mean, you it probably wouldn't matter. CBS would have pushed back anyway, but still, yeah, yeah. they're gonna be like, oh, you don't want it. Well, guess what? We'll pick somebody else. Yeah, yeah. We've got a thousand other people in line. Yeah, yeah. So it was just kind of like, oh, yeah. What does this say? They own you. Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Well, before we get into the actual twenty-four talk, last generic question for you. Uh, So, as an alumni yourself, we talked about it a little bit before we started the podcast. Uh, what's your just general advice for anyone looking to get on the show? I know you have a pretty good story about how you got on. Uh, just do you have any advice and is there a strategy for getting on the show? Um, get drunk by yourself and <laughs> tape yourself at one. I do that every day. So I'm, <laughs> I'm I'm with. It's so frustrating. I was telling these guys this before, but uh, yeah, my, my, tape, self-tape or whatever. I came home from the bar one night, at like 1.30, filmed it on an iPad. Don't even know what I said. So I would say be authentic. Don't overthink it in any way, shape or form. Just be yourself because no matter what, you're going to be yourself when you're in the house. Mm-hmm. So there's no point in faking it and overproducing some video that's just not you or over rehearsing. Um, so yeah, just be yourself. Um, I don't know, you know, be as, uh, as attractive and as funny and as witty and as perfect as you can. I'm kidding. No, I, <laughs> I don't know what they're looking for because I'll be honest, like I know plenty of people like Tyler Crispin who had applied years. Okay. Leading up to getting the chance to go on. So like, it just depends on the perfect balance of what they're looking for. You know, I, they may not be looking for that character type this year, or they may be looking for it next year. So whatever you are, and I say character type, but you know, everybody has a personality or you're from this area, you're from this and you just never know the formula. You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. So I just happened to strike gold and get lucky the first time I sent in a video. Uh, I think that's pretty rare nowadays from talking to everybody else. Like a lot of the, a lot of the fans had applied multiple years. So. Dalton, are you taking notes? Go ahead, Charles. No, I just asked if you're taking notes. Oh, Hey, I've got them right here, man. I've got them. I've got them. I've got a legal pad down. Yeah. Yeah. It's filled already. It's filled already. And then after this podcast, we'll, we'll film it real quick. (laughs) Let's go. We are recording. I I even had Dixie in it. I think I grabbed the iPad at one point, she was doing this. She was just sleeping right beside me. What's up puppy. uh, I remember. Yeah. (laughs) You got Quavo in the background responding to you, Dalton. (laughs) I saw his head pop up over there. (laughs) But it, it is hilarious, though, Winston, you bring that up because we had Pooch on earlier in the season and he said the exact same thing. So it, it was like a 45 second first take for his video application. And it's just funny because, you know, especially West Off Charles, you guys like we've all heard the stories of people who have literally submitted videos for a well, decade. 
How about Daniel? Ten years. And maybe he should have waited a little longer, too, because he wasn't the best this season. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Kind of overplayed his hand. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Dude, Uh, that that week where he uh, they showed him and he was like, man, they're so stupid. And poor guy had no clue what was going on behind his back. Fucking losers. I I was so Oh my well, God. yeah, it's it's like the best poetic justice of all time for he and Nicole, because you yeah. saw at the very end when Taylor won that they were both like, oh, yeah, please. Like, you know, we didn't mean it. You know what? Like, <laughs> I'm so sorry. We've watched it. Back. We were trying to save face so hard. And you knew and, that. And Nicole actually listens to the podcast. So, I mean, you know, it's so hard for us outside of the house to like put our, you know, to judge and put the critical eye on. So who knows how it how it goes in there. Winston, you're the only one that can actually tell us. But uh, the paranoia has to be real. That is oh, real. it's real. It, it is real. And I mean, obviously, like you're saying, after the game, hell, I mean, if you're not to talk about my season, but like me and uh, Swaggy hated each other. <laughs> hey, I we talked him. about that when I met you the yeah, first time. Like, like we hated each other. And it Wait, was no you called him Christopher. Yes, I called him Christopher on, on purpose. <laughs> I was doing everything I could because like day one, we just hated each other. But guess what? After the show, boys. And like he is so chill. Like after the show, we were we squashed the beef and like that's how this cast will be too, and it should be because like I mean you're playing the game, you are no matter what you're yourself in there, but in a way you're kind of not because you are putting on a front, and like yes I was myself in there, but I was a different version of myself because I was holding a lot back. I didn't talk about my family much, I didn't talk about you know myself much. Um, I remember on like week three, I asked Rachel uh, to name three facts about that weren't anything that she learned on day one and she couldn't tell me anything about myself and that was when I knew I'm like I think I'm playing this game wrong because I knew everything about everybody else I knew every I knew everybody and every chat and who was with who and that is my one saving grace of why I can sleep at night because I knew I had a good pulse on the game I knew what was going on I was not naive however I did not play openly with myself and let people in and that was what ultimately cost me my week with Sam and this whole power play thing. But anyways, that aside, so I understand. Yeah. It's, it's just wild. Yeah. But Winston is, is that your personality outside the game? I, I would say, I don't know. My, my, my personality was more, it, it came out more on love Island because I was more at ease. I was just like, <laughs> ah, there's not a half a million dollars at stake. I was playing it more analytical the first two weeks. Don't get me wrong. I was having fun with Brett. I was being very, you know, rambunctious and fun. And that side of me was still there, but nobody knew me personally. I wasn't letting anybody in. I'd ask them everything about their family. I knew everything about every cast member and they knew nothing about me besides my dog, you know, little stuff. And it was just funny to me that like, you know, they even said like Sam knew that afterwards. Um, I remember she frustrated me one time because she had said, she was like, you know, Winston, I just feel like I don't really know you. And I was at that point, it was like, this is day 26. And I'm like, God bless. I'm like, well, what do you want to know? <laughs> I'm, trying to change it. I'm like, ah, but yeah, you just, you never know until you're in there, man. Well, and I think, you know, cause you and I met, you know, several years ago, well, not several, but a few years ago. And it's kind of something that I brought up to you, even, you know, being a mild feeder, where I'm not watching every day. And, you know, I told you to your face, I was like, I thought you were an asshole, right? <laughs> because I was a guy that's just watching like three hours. No, and I get that. And, and that's maybe whatever. Say. And yeah. again, like I didn't know you. And then yeah. that first day I met you and again, you were super gracious to us and talked for hours. And it's like, oh shit, you're cool as hell. Yeah. And then I start seeing you out because we live in the same town now. Yeah. And it's like, 
oh shit like he's actually cool as hell you know thanks and man so, no, no. That's, that's what's unfortunate i know i know and i think i think if i ever got to play again if the phone ever rang again i would be a little bit more open as far as who i was uh but regardless yeah i mean look i'm lucky to have played but yeah a lot of people after after the show have said the same thing that charles has said some of some people have been like oh i thought you were a cocky brick and i was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> They're like, oh, I loved the other side of the house. I hated your side. I hated level six. I was like, cool. <laughs> what am I Wait, to- Daniel and Dalton, what did you think of him when he was on? Well, this was going to be my like, follow-up question. So you said, Winston, that you'd be a little more open from a personal standpoint. But um, say, and because this is going to happen whether you guys want it to or not, but somehow, some way, we're going to get Daniel or Charles on the show. What would your recommendation be for them and our audience who's listening in? Obviously, you said you'd be a little more open, but how else would you change your game from a strategy perspective going into the house if you were going in next season, 2023, next summer? Yeah, well, rule number one, I would definitely go after the first HOH. That whole nonsense, I used to believe the opposite, where the first one, you get blood on your hands. Now, go after the first few competitions. You can schmooze everybody over and people forget about the first few weeks. Yep. Definitely go after those first comp- competitions. Um, that, but don't that, waste them like Daniel did. He won the first HOH, but did nothing with it. Correct. Yeah. And, and I would say, well, it's like a Disney villain. So, I mean, that's kind of, <laughs> that hair was wild. I would say just <laughs> honestly be yourself, but be a, um, be a sponge of information. Like mm-hmm. the one thing that really helped me and I, and I'm, this is wild, but I read, um, it was Derek's book. Derek, uh, from 16 wrote a book about his undercover, you know, it was a, it was actually a really good read, um, just his undercover life and then him winning big brother. And it was just a kind of, um, a book about his life, but he, in it, he talked about, and I read it before I went into the house and stuff, but he talked about, and this is true in sales too, the power of silence. And this, this works. And I use it all the time, whether, Hey, whether you're dating a female and you want a little information out of her, you just, just be a little quiet. Ask a question, be quiet. The, the person who speaks first loses. And I won so much information over in that house in the first bit by just being quiet because people want to fill awkward silence with their own words and mm-hmm. they'll just word vomit. And I mean, there were times when I knew that was when I knew who I wanted to align with, who had the word vomit. You had people like Caitlin, uh, Haley, uh, you know, all of them that were just sloppy and just give me information. Rockstar, just awful player. And then you had you know, the other people who were, okay. <laughs> Daniel loves Rockstar, by the yes, way. No, I'm not shocked. Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm sure. I do not. I hate Rockstar. awkward silences. <laughs> <laughs> I do hate okay. awkward silences, so I may be the word vomiter. Hey, well, well, no, you never know. Listen, I, I don't know. You never know until you get in there. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Me and Caitlin uh, talked about this today. I, I keep in touch with Caitlin. I call her about the finale. We were talking. She did say this, too, because we both said this. Um, as far as you know, being an armchair quarterback, like watching the NFL and you'd be like, ah, you should have done this, should have done that. You can sit on your couch all day, but the moment you're in there, you just don't know until you're in there with these personalities and these different people, you truly don't know who's going to win. You don't know what's going to happen day in, day out. And that's why we love the show. I mean, that's why you watch. That's it. It's truly unlike anything else because you can predict what's going to happen on Survivor. I'm sorry. And don't get me started in recent years. I'm kind of frustrated with Survivor. (laughs) 
I just don't want to watch like a bunch of ex law student nerds who can't swim to start a competition. I, I'm, <laughs> hey, 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 hey! I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm, you're not a student. No, you're, you're, no, you're, no, you're a you're lawyer. Is the real thing, okay? <laughs> now, and I bet you can swim a lap in a, in a YMCA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God bless. We got some of these cats out here that can't eat. They look like they'd never camp. I mean, yeah, you got. Not only have you never went fishing, you've never camped, and you're like, I'm a lifetime survivor. And I'm like, I'm done watching people like that. I'm sorry, whatever. So that aside, Big Brother's very different. Hey, shout and, out to I would say shout out okay. to Kat. She said some great um, post eviction interviews with Daniel and Nicole. She was not afraid I to call people snippet. out. I saw yeah, a snippet. I saw a snippet. No, before we move on, because Dalton tried to avoid the question with his own question. I'm guessing that he also thought you were an asshole in your. Yeah, I know. He, did. he didn't answer. He didn't answer it at all. Uh, he was like, you know what? Yeah, you can say it to me, man. It's no big deal. Like I said, I've heard. No, it no, 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 no. Yeah, I mean, I, I did the attorney thing. I apologize. I, pre-show, I already told you I got two strikes against me. What can I do? But no, I. Well, so this this brings me back. So actually, your season, believe it or not, was one of the first seasons that. Uh, my wife and I, when we were dating, she was not, she had no idea what big brother was. And, uh, the, the I think it was big brother 20 was yeah. your guys season. And so you, Brett and Tyler are still her three favorite house guests ever. Um, so when I told her tonight that, you know, we were interviewing you, you're going to be on, she's like freaking out. So I, I had the opposite effect. Uh, Charles, you probably think I'm an asshole as a result, but I mean, you know, Winston is, is one of those guys that I knew right out of the gate that like if we like connected in the house or like outside, whatever, we'd probably be boys. So, you know, take that as you will. I love that. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. He's just sucking up now. It's fine. Look at him. Look at him. Saving face. You know what? Hey, he'd be good at Big Brother. We're gonna throw him in. <laughs> make that video at the end of this call. Uh-huh. Gonna- He's doing it. He lost our draft, so he has to. There we go. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. BB 20 was my first live feeder season. So it's really where I became like oh, the wow. ultra nerd. And I was all aboard level six. I rooted for all of you. Like, how could you root for the Fessies and the Haley's? Like, thank you. They had no <laughs> clue what was going on. So, oh, let's go. Anything I you could that. do to make F- Fessy have that stupid face on eviction night, I was all for it. <laughs> Dude, you talk about a guy who like was so clueless about the game. Like, he didn't know what a veto meant. He didn't know what he never learned either. He didn't like never didn't care to learn. And uh, he he thought we were there to just, you know, play a couple of basketball games. I mean, it was hilarious. Um, Yeah, that that was again, you can figure out that vibe very quickly. And like you're saying, if you're a feedster, you knew. And that's why I'm always laughing, because you're right. Like the amount of fans I meet now would always ask, like, oh, did you watch live feeds? If they watch live feeds, they were a fan of level six. Yep. If they didn't, they were like a fan of foul or like that other whatever. Falte, like Falte. stupid name. Let's just start there. Dumb name. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that's probably enough of the uh, generic talk. Let's get into a little bit of this season twenty-four. Before we get to the finale, Charles Dalton, I've heard enough of your takes on the season. Uh, Winston, big picture. Uh, what did you think of the season? Did you have any favorite parts? Uh, was there anything new that they tried that you were a fan of or disliked? Just give me your generic season 24 recap, and then we'll kind of break down the finale after that. I thought it was a great season. At the beginning of the season, I was a little worried. Uh, I wasn't too into the cast as a whole. I just felt like I couldn't find someone that I was like clearly rooting for. But then that became the reason I loved it, I think, because I truly got to watch like, oh, wow, all these different personalities come out. 
Turner surprised me the most. That kid could play the game. Um, he was he was a sly like he he very much gave me the surfer uh, Tyler Crispin. I'm stupid. I don't know what I'm doing, but he did vibe and he killed it. Um, loved Michael to death. The kid was a comp beast. Nobody could beat him. Um, it, it turned into a great season. I, I really enjoyed. I loved the the ending. I'll be honest. We'll go ahead and say it. Loved that Taylor won it. I thought it was. Here's the hard part. All three, for the first time in a long time, I feel like we're deserving winners on their own fronts. However, I feel like Monty probably had a better shot taking Turner just because Turner Turner and his jury management was so bad. However, you know, Turner made some great plays and would have it. We'll see what that speech would have been like. But I thought him taking Taylor was like poor dude was just down bad. I think he thought. I mean, you got to fill me in because I got to know about the Instagram thing and, and what Dalton was talking about. I got to know because <laughs> it's an episode or two here or there. So like the showman's bit, I missed one whole part where Monty and Taylor like got together. Like I didn't even see that. So the speech kind of blinded me. The one where she just friend zoned him on TV and like went to grab hands. And then like he pulled back and I was like, <clears throat> bro, I was screaming. I was like, poor dude just got <laughs> friend zoned. Like, duh on tv and then it was a perfect ending i mean taylor's speech it'll go down in history you know she's stayed up at night probably thinking that and speaking it over and over in her head she crushed it she challenged everyone there dr will style to be like all right idiots like vote for me because if not you don't like the game kind of thing it was great it was it was what we needed and you know don't no slight to monty because he played a great game it was just taylor like how do you vote how do you not vote for her by the end so that's my synopsis Totally agree. So let's get into it a bit. Uh, just to recap, Taylor, she won the season in an unorthodox way. You know, she was targeted from week one, sat on the block six times. That's nearly half the evictions. Uh, she held only one HOH with any power. Her second one was basically just a safety card to the final three. No veto wins. Um, still managed to beat Monty in the end, who fits the mold of basically every BB winner since Winston's season. Uh, with her win, she becomes the first black woman, a woman to win Big Brother. And not, not only that, but she's the first player ever to win the game, as well as America's favorite player, along with a litany of other accomplishments. You know, f- players who have been on the block for week one who've won the game. I think it's a group of like three people. Um, Charles, because I know you'll have an interesting answer. Nope. How do you feel about her win? And what does this say about the future of gameplay in Big Brother? Oh, gosh. I need to drink about half a bottle of bourbon. Hold on. <laughs> Why are you so upset? I, I got to hear this. I love um, it. It's not. But here's the thing. You know, again, the, you know, the friends and I that that are, I guess you'd say, against her winning. It's not necessarily that we don't think that she doesn't deserve it. But I feel as if Turner and Monty deserve it exponentially more. Um, you know, one of the things that we were even texting about during the finale, it's like, I think that Monty made a terrible decision in even taking her because she from day one, and obviously this is good gameplay on her part, but just said straight up that she's, you know, gunning for making history and was really appealing to all the ladies in the house. And it's like, Monty, you have four women so that's four votes against you just right out of the gate right and so that was a stupid fucking decision on his on his end but anyway i could go on about this i'm going to try to give an abridged version but her speech there is nothing in me that will let me believe 
that she didn't write that before she entered the house <laughs> because no, literally what, it, and I have it because Megan, who, you know, to Winston, it was so funny. She sends me a tweet from someone that was like, here's Monty wanting to battle it out against the pageant girl over the rug maker in a speech competition. It's like, week five eviction. Yeah, but it's like she she's used to doing that. And it's like her speech was so good. And I will definitely applaud that. Like she went into that house with that speech saying, if I get in these final two chairs, I am prepared to deliver this. She planned that months ago. Wait, so Westoff, Westoff, you call me out every single episode for being the conspiracy theorist and putting that hat on. And you're not going to call Charles out right now. This is fucking bullshit. I was going to let him finish this thought before I called him out. But how do you prepare a speech beforehand? And then she used Joseph's I'm not a sword, a shield, I'm a sword. That's from Joseph. And I don't know if she anticipated being bullied for a month in the house before she got in. Maybe she did because she's a pageant girl, but... Exactly. It did, and it, it leaked that she that there would be a pageant girl before the season even started. So every player walked in the house knowing there's going to be a pageant girl here, aka there's going to be a bitch here. Is basically what people defaulted to, <laughs> yeah, and they treated her yeah. like it. So yeah. Well, so all right, give me some of the live feed stuff from the first few weeks. What what was going on there? Because I missed out on some stuff. I mean, from day one, she was ostracized, and and like. To a to a place where it was uncomfortable even to listen to the daily recaps. Like there were she would walk into a room and the Daniels and Nicole's and the Jasmines would make it a point to like leave the room as soon as possible if she was in it. And then like uh they would accuse her of following them around the house. It's like, where do you want her to go? It's a tiny house. Um there's that. There's like everyone in the room cheering like hey put on all these dresses you just got from production like show do a fashion show and then she like doesn't want to she does the fashion show and then immediately everyone disperses it's like i can't believe she just wore all those dresses what a bitch it's like you all pushed her into doing that and like these are just two examples but it was daily it was constant talking behind her back like she doesn't even know the extent yeah, and I'm more traumatized listening to, to recaps than like yeah. I want her to go back and watch all of it and realize because it, wait a minute, it's so shocking to me. You're telling me that people hated her just because she was a pretty girl? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> High school never ends, man. Oh my god! No, and that, you know, oh and I'll god. and I'll ask you this. Obviously, having been there and again thinking about you know people's perceptions of you because it's one of the things that we talked about, right? I think. I don't think that is as much as her just being a pretty girl, right? Because I actually have several friends who are in the pageant system, right? So they don't act like that. And that's kind of where my problem the whole season, and not that I'm justifying how she was treated, like you're going onto a national show and you know that people are judging you because people judge you when you walk out on the street every day, right? Like I get judged, I get bullied, you know, whatever. I'm not going to put myself into a situation where I know that I'm going to be potentially made fun of and think that like I'm not doing something to make people think that way. You know, and one of the things that I talked about, you know, to the guys even was even like her most recent HOH where she goes to the nomination block. It's like you don't need to do a model walk to go to the fucking nomination block and like do that. And it's like that shit, if I'm in a house with you, as you said, where everything is so tight, I'm going to look at you and be like, bitch, what the fuck are you doing? Like, I would do that to her. I would do it to Alyssa. I would do it to anybody. So it's like you're bringing a few of those things onto yourself 
But on the same side, I definitely agree. Some of the shit that went on with her was fucked up, right? Like, you know, the one situation, even thinking back where Nicole even questioned before she kind of jumped on the Daniel train and was like, oh, well, did we even ask her why she said this or why she did that? Like, that's a good way to think about it because you actually do want to give somebody a chance. But again, on the flip side, like, unfortunately it's life and we're all being judged. And I'm not saying that the negative things that come from that are good, but you're in a fucking national TV show where cameras are on you all the time. If you don't want people to think of you as an ice queen, you know, as you said, you held things back from yourself in in knowing that the cameras were on you. So it's like, you're asking for a certain level of something. Now, again, racism, that's a whole nother story. And it's a whole nother thing, but you are asking for a certain level of something. So like, what do you think, again, having been in there and kind of knowing that too? I get what you're saying. Cause see, that's stuff that I probably missed out on too, just from episodes and this and that, but like that little stuff, like you were saying, like walking up, being all cocky and doing this is almost, you're inviting it at that point, mm-hmm. like you're saying. And that kind of stuff, like you're saying, would probably get on my nerves too of like, and I know what you mean where there are, there are some pageant girls, trust me, I know, I have dated, that are, you know, the, the photo is above the fireplace at home still. And right. just they are the light of their parents' eyes and they've never been told no. But that is a very different, you know, I don't know where, you know, Taylor falls in that category, obviously, because I was just a casual viewer, but I can see where that could be. I see what you're saying. Like where if you were living in and out and seeing some things that maybe she was bringing upon herself, yeah, that'd be tough. But like you're saying, there's ways, I mean, there's ways to hold that back. I mean, at least I did. I held back a few things. I know a lot of people. Um, But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. I don't know. I'd love to have gone back and seen that first couple weeks of live feeds of what what Daniel was talking about. I'd like to see all that. So like my biggest thing is like, okay, she's confident. She grew up in the pageant world. Like that's just part of her personality now. Um, But if that's her biggest like – Def- like deficit or like the biggest thing you can point to as to like why she was targeted is because she wore heels to the nomination ceremony and you know she hung out with the guys the first few days because that's where she was most comfortable like in comparison to like the way she was treated by Daniel and Nicole and instead of reacting in, in a way that like and I put no fault on Bailey for this, but when Bailey thought she was cornered <laughs> because of being targeted, she reacted in an explosive way and it like made for good television. It ruined her game. Taylor had as much, if not more adversity that was like shown to her by almost the entire house. Like maybe Brittany and Alyssa were sort of nice to her mm-hmm. the first week and Michael never really targeted her, but almost every other person was talking shit, was judging her, was like just she was house tar- like even Monty, who in the end had a relationship with her in the fi- past few weeks, started off the game completely throwing her under the bus, talking shit about her. But the way she reacted to that was like it sounds corny, but it was with grace. Like she like when Daniel accused her of using P- Paloma's mental health issues, she didn't go back and say like, "Hey, fuck you!" Like I never did that. She said, "Hey, Daniel, you're gonna have it tough outside of this house. Know that I will be there to support you, and it won't be because of anything I'm going to do to add on 
to that repercussion. And it, that's how she did it every point of the game. Nicole, she was like, hey, I'll be there for you. I'm not going to make it worse. Kyle, like, I know you started an all-white alliance, and that's not something I, like, want to be associated with. But I'm here for you to help you learn about why that was the wrong move, and I will support you outside that house. Every time she had a, the opportunity to throw someone under the bus to react how I would react in the house, which would just be like, in your face, fuck you, she just swallowed her pride and was the bigger person. And I think to see someone go through that much shit and then come out on top, like that's the underdog story that I always root for. Like I was a Nicole, like, I've said this multiple times, Charles, I'm a Nicole Anthony fan. She had no business winning that game and she didn't win the game, but I was still rooting for her from the beginning because I hate when I see people picked on and I'm like, as a, I'm that bird's eye view from like the live feeds. I'm like, this person's doing nothing wrong. Like they're just a nice person, but they're being ostracized because it's this, that house mentality, that mob mentality. And so even though like I see Monty's game as being this like prototypical, like one competitions, like it was in a good alliance. I still love the fact that Taylor was able to take what was her game was dead. Week one, she was she was going home. If they didn't have that uh, like uh, twist that allowed her to compete, and they canceled the twist and let her be safe, she was going home that week. And then she was going home multiple other times, but found a way to survive, and then found a way to not just survive, but created this great storyline that like. Whether or not you're a fan of Big Brother, like that's going to be something that like resonates on uh, television around the world of just like this underdog story of overcame adversity yeah. and won the game and made history. And, and I don't disagree, but I will ask you a question just to start the pot because you know that's what I like to do. Well, I was like, world. that was the most well put thing. Let me just take a second and applaud. <laughs> no, because Daniel, that well, was ever, so but, it, but was he, he he set up my question because whether or not this is what I think about her situation or not, you describe the pageant girl and what she trains to do, right? It's being able to respond with grace and poise in places of adversity. So at what point do you also determine how much of that is her gameplay and how she manipulated it, right? Thinking about how she trained. Do you count that against her, Charles? What's that? Do you count that against her? Oh, I don't count it against her at all, background? but I'm saying, like, if you're getting behind her and saying that she handled it with grace, it's like, again, that's that's part of the pageant system is being able to answer a tough question and, and being able to overcome adversity. And you're now a figure, you're a public figure for people. And so you're not just going to go out and be like, oh, fuck you, bitch, blah, 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 blah. They are trained in order to be able to do those things. I, I so. would say that that just makes it even a stronger case for her to be a winner because rather than her get to the end and it be a sympathy vote, like, hey, you got here, good story, we'll give you the win. If in your words you're saying it was a strategy to be able to you know, take in all that and, 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 and put out a persona that was able to create these relationships that in the end voted for her. I mean, half that jury, Indy and Jasmine were shit talking her for two months straight. And Indy, when she put her key in the hole goes, I'm voting for my favorite player in the game. 
and it was it was Taylor. So oh, for her, her to be able to, she was going to vote for a woman if she got in the freaking top two. That was she and no, she no and Monty were pretty close. So I was a little surprised, but I just think uh, if if, if you're saying it was a strategy of Taylor, then I say even better. It means it was gameplay and even more respectable because this game is about is not just can you win the most HOHs and vetoes. If it were that, then every then there'd be no reason for a jury. We would just go to the end and the final two. You'd put up there chalkboards and you put up their tallies and whoever has the most it's a social game and so if you don't win as many competitions you have to use a social card and she used it to the best of her ability with that speech so so all i'll say winston you already said it westoff that was beautifully said and i know like you didn't have any of that fucking scripted so that that was like right <laughs> off the dome so that was uh better said than i could have even uh written down so yeah kudos but uh, what I'll I'll redirect to Winston Charles, you you kind of said the same thing too. You both said that if you were Monty in his position, you would have taken Turner because you would have had a better shot at winning. Is that um, hindsight being twenty twenty, or in the moment? Because I'm at the time, I, I can tell you very honestly, I thought one hundred percent. Wow, he's taken Taylor not only because of the showman's component, which Winston we can outline in a second because I want to <laughs> desperately because uh, that's a whole another little, little outlet here. Um, but I thought he was making the right decision. Um, and Taylor also to the, you know, if you want to play the pageantry card, uh, played that off so well. I lost, I lost the last HOH. I've lost my game. You're taking me. Like there's no chance that I, I have zero chance in the final two. Um, so I thought he was making the right decision. Is it hindsight 2020 or did you think that in the moment watching the show? I, I don't know now that you bring that up because you're right, but he, he really thought his best move there. And he even said it in one of his speeches was sending Turner out the door. So like he thought that was a, another plus one to chalk it up. I get the win. Here's here, here it is. Here's Turner's head on a stick. He's walking out to join you guys. I did that. And and, and I think his thinking was rational, but he forgot about the backstory. He just, I think he completely forgot about the first five weeks and just how like we have seen Taylor grow and just survive. And I think that, yeah, I don't know. You're right. That's interesting. I don't know. I, like I said, I think all three are deserving. It, it, all three had a pretty good case. I, I've got a take on this Dalton. Um, if you remember the final four or the final, yeah, the final four, it was Brittany and Turner on the block, right? And Monty had to make the decision. And Brittany spent a full week in Monty's ear like, hey, take me. If you don't take me, Turner will win this game. Turner took out Michael. Turner took out Amira. Like, if it, And I know that Monty was part of uh, that, like taking out Michael, but it was still on Turner's HOH. She sure. was in his ear all week long. Turner is so good. Keep me. Turner's so good. So he spent that week being brainwashed into thinking, damn, Turner is a hell of a player. And he was a very good player. But I think that Brittany helped build that up even higher than Brittany's out of the house. Now Monty has a decision. Is it Taylor who has won two HOHs? That's it. And yes, maybe he forgot about the beginning of the game. But I wouldn't, if I were him, I would have done the same thing. I wouldn't have even factored in like the, the, outside like outside of competition stuff because that's not how the game's been played since bb20 tyler or 
Casey and Tyler, competition beasts. Um, Mickey, competition beast. Xavier, competition beast. Uh, Cody, same thing. And so now you get to the end and you're Monty and you're like, do I take Turner, who's won more competitions than me, has bigger names that he's gotten out of the house and who's been brainwashed by Brittany to think is maybe the best player outside of Michael, as he said in the finale, or take Taylor, who's got a good story, but that's about it. And I'd, I'd be like, I can beat a story. But then like you don't know what you're expecting with that final speech. And apparently the jury may or may not have decided beforehand that Taylor was going to win if she got there. I, I don't know if you guys heard about that, but no, I, I think if you're in Monty's shoes, I didn't hear about that either. Let me hear. So, I, so Turner was uh, did an interview with the Winner Circle. That's Cody and Derek's podcast. Uh, the night of, he, they did it live, and I watched it. Turner said that during the commercial break, he like whispered to the rest of the jury, like, "What are you guys doing?" And they all were like, "We can't tell you, but we've already decided." And so apparently during the jury's like deliberation that they only show like five seconds of on the show, they all decided if Taylor makes it the final two, we're giving her the win. Because I was like, in my mind, I'm like, how the hell does Terrence vote for Taylor? They they hated each other. Yeah. So that's how it's because they decided way ahead of time. And which is why Turner was the only vote not for Taylor's because it was decided ahead of time. And I think that that's why I'm so against it, even more so than just my personal view, because, you know, to answer the question about who gets taken to final two, I and I could pull up my text with my other friends, like while the final HOH was going on, I kept saying, if Turner doesn't win it and Monty wins and takes Taylor, Taylor has won the game because I already felt it in my bones and I knew like because of everything that's going on again i don't want to take away from her gameplay because i do truthfully at the end of the day i think she played a really strong game but again being the big brother super fan that i am like i want to see someone that's like played the entire time and not just like because there's a thing like and i was talking about this with a couple of other people that again aren't happy about her winning like her persevering and her getting off the block it was literally not really anything for her own merit. It was people feeling sorry for her in, in those moments. That can and be so, gameplay. There's no was that people feeling sorry for you. That can be a gameplay. That oh, for sure. Be, but I, again, I, that's, yeah. but you know me, that's not why I watch the game. Like I want to see crazy shit. I want to see drama. again, my favorite, my favorite player of all time is evil Dick. Like he played <laughs> the fucking game. And so it's like, I don't want it to be like, oh, I did so much great stuff to get myself off the block. It's like people felt sorry for you, so they took you off the block. You didn't really do anything for that. And so it's like I just kept saying, and I'm texting, and I'm like, I need Turner to win this fucking competition. I need Turner to win this fucking competition because I I knew Monty was going to take, and I knew it was going to be a predetermined thing of like if Taylor gets in the final two, there's no way that Monty's going to win. There's no fucking way. And so, yes, I rage quit after the first three votes because I knew where it was going. I know you had to text us who won America's favorite player. I was like, oh, who's going to tell them? <laughs> also, Charles, we do have a screen share option if you want to share those texts with the audience. <laughs> yeah, no, they're, they're a little colorful. I was drinking way more than I am now, so we'll, we'll not share that. <laughs> all right. So now that we've kind of debriefed about all that. I do want to bring up the component about the last couple episodes, the last two weeks, 
because Winston didn't know about the yes. Monty Taylor relationship. And I, but you I, didn't know at all. So I missed probably the, was it two weeks ago? The Sunday. You week. missed the bear comments. Yes. The heat of the yes. bear. The heat yes. of the I bear. Mi- and I didn't know. And it was referenced to, and one of the, yeah. So I missed like two episodes where I was just lost, but go ahead. So fill me in. What, what was going on? Well, I mean, Westoff is a live feeder. <laughs> Westoff, yeah, Westoff is a live feeder. Knows more than I do, but essentially, I mean, you you saw earlier in the season that Taylor and Joseph had a thing, and they decided because they were, I think they were handcuffed for 24 hours or maybe 48 hours. Westoff, correct me if I'm wrong, but they decided ultimately during that time that they would wait for the showman's or wait to pursue their relationship until after the show for game purposes. Which I mean, they have more self control than I do. Um, so, so they put it to the side, um, from there, a couple weeks later, you know, they gets to the final four, I think is, is when this throw in that Joseph betrayed Taylor a little bit by throwing her final three out. So Taylor now has a reason to kind of push Joseph to the side, but, but ultimately did he, or was, was that kind of the messaging in the house from Kyle and Terrence? He didn't do it maliciously to take them down. He was just. It was the night before eviction. He was like, this is my last shot. I have to look like I'm going to separate from the other side. Right, right. And he even said that in finale. He was like, I was just trying to last-ditch effort, trying to distance myself from you. Yeah, which was which, which was very genuine and still doesn't explain the, the portion that we're getting to. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> and, I, and I, I truly, Westhoff, jump in if I'm mistaken in any timeline, whatever. But so... Taylor and Monty, Monty wins HOH. And then conveniently, this is when they first hook up, right? Oh, wait, they hooked up, hooked up? Yeah. How did I not know? Yeah. That's the heat. So they were I gotta get out. I'm going to get on Twitter and go back. Let me just throw this out there because it's too fun not to recap it. There was a sleepover with everybody but Brittany because Brittany goes to bed at like nine o'clock. So it was Alyssa Turner, uh, Monty, and Taylor. They're all sleeping in the HOH bed. And then eventually uh, Turner and Alyssa go back to their own beds and it's just Taylor and Monty. And there's this awkward scene where they're like, will we, won't we, will we, won't we? And then I, I don't remember the initial start of the conversation, but Monty makes the comment like, if you want to come over here and get this heat of the bear, you can. And Taylor goes, Taylor goes, wait, Taylor goes, are you the bear? (laughs) She goes, are you the bear in this scenario? And he like awkwardly is like, yeah, I'm the bear. (laughs) And then she comes and gets it. And that's, that's that. I have three younger brothers that are all single. And I texted them because they're for whatever reason, are watching the show this season. I was like, this is the one liner that will bring it home. (laughs) <laughs> I, I, I've got to go back and watch that episode now. I can't believe it was so but then it was like, it was like zero to a hundred in like three days, like two days, two, three days later, they're nonstop in like in the room together doing like prom poses to the camera, like, like neck, like he, Monty's behind her, like kissing on her neck as they fantasize about being the final two. It was weird how fast it wins. It and, was disgusting. And then there was like a fight. This is, so this is, is my whole genius? point, fellas. This is, is my whole point, fellas. The con- the timing of it, I don't care if you call me a conspiracy theorist, what have you. It, it escalated on a dime. 
And the person that was like had the most to gain at that point was Taylor because she was going to be booted at that point. And now since she won, you know, I, I didn't, I thought it was genuine, you know, no, I'll say this. They they broke it off a day or two before the finale. Like it's, it's done, done. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they had a conversation at one point. Yeah, yeah. Like, hey. yeah, it's done. They were, they were on the live show, like, oh, maybe we'll still like try something. They were done, done. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have to make this campaign anymore because it's writing itself. It's hilarious. So, like, so once she was solidified into the final two, she they broke it off. And then now that she won, she's sitting next to Joseph and pursuing that. Oh, did you see Joseph story. during that finale? He was so ready. Like yeah. Whatever emotions he felt in that jury segment, he was over it. And like, I think they're together now. Like, so, so, oh, so, so they so have this, 100% hooked up. Like, there's no <laughs> doubt. So, so this is my whole thing, right? So, you guys can have your things against Taylor, uh, Charles, and whoever. But it's just this, me and my other friends. It's fine. <laughs> but if this was part of the strategy, and she she like did all of that as part of this too. Not to mention the best speech in Big Brother history. Uh, give her the crown. Give her the seven hundred fifty thousand and the like twenty five or fifty thousand for America's House. She she deserves a million, bro. Like that is like unbelievable. If that was part of the strategy, I'm telling you that is unreal. And I know do what, believe, I was I truly looking, believe that that's the case. I was looking forward to us potentially watching the finale live together, and I'm glad it didn't fucking happen. I would have had to have had an entire bottle of Patron just to get through this. But but jokes aside, like, is there I, any merit I, I to what I'm saying? She played a good game. And I think I did say that, like, she played a good, good game. I just didn't want to see her win. But was the Monty piece? It could have been. A hundred percent. I, I think it was. There's merit to it. Like, it absolutely could be straight gameplay. Also, like, I stopped watching live feeds two weeks ago, and as Winston probably can tell, that house is so fucking boring when there's five people left. There's nothing going on. They have a deck of cards, and they have the little pool table, and that's all they do all day long. Like, Monty and Taylor, whether or not Taylor used it as strategy, they were also just bored. And they had two, like, 14, 15 days to kill. Why not have a little fun if there's nothing else going on in the house? In the end, it helped Taylor's game. Monty thought it helped his <laughs> game. It Alton didn't. shaking his head. <laughs> PC answer, bullshit. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, Not- Winston, so you don't know this. So um, our other uh, partner in Cracked Rackets, the tennis business, uh, is Alex Gruskin. And he actually went to high school with Taylor up in Detroit, Michigan area. So we Same are going to find out. And he doesn't like her either. He hates yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> I shouldn't say that on a live podcast. (laughs) Yeah, but no. Yeah, we may edit that part, but it's fine. Yeah, she's going to be on the podcast at some point. We're going to find out all the tea. Maybe she is like, won't be honest about it, but I'm telling you, it was, that was all part of the strategy. I'm telling you. That's amazing. That, yeah, you never know. I'm definitely going to tune in when you have her on. (laughs) I want to check it out. She's hey hey she's a pretty girl too. So you never know. Hey, if she's still single. No, I'm kidding. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. Uh, hey, we're trying right. to get everybody down to Kentucky once. So it's hey, there sure. we go. Hell yeah. There we go. I would say, well, that's really all I got in the finale. Any final wrap up points you boys want to hit Dalton, Charles, Winston? Uh, will they do a twist next season? What? Bringing someone back? 
So here's the thing. I mean, you know, you know more than I do, but as far as like seasons go, and yes, we had the it's, weird, it's year, but I will say, I think next year there's going to be something. That's just my brain thinking of like a returnee season team style thing, maybe some twist or throw in one old house. I don't know. I just feel like you're do a weird twist. With so are you saying this because season. you've already been propositioned? For no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I think I'd be the last one to get a phone call. But my, uh, my, guess, the my guess is that it's Michael and Tiffany come back next season. The two favorite players, last two that didn't win. That'd yeah, be let's Tiffany. go, Tiff. Tiffany is high up on the list. Absolutely. Tiffany's um, my girl. Let's go. Hey, Charles, we agree. Tiff should have won that season. For Absolutely. Sure. Yeah, she was, she was killer. She had a great read on everyone. She was one of the few that could – she knew everything. She had the master plan, so. Yeah. yeah. Winston, is there anybody else independent of uh, Michael and Tiffany that you'd like to see back other than yourself? Ooh, let's see. Yeah, no, I, I don't know. Brett? Again, guys, shoot. You know, Brett would be hilarious to see back in that house. Um, <laughs> but we're going to uh, – spoiler alert, we're going to see yes, him. Once he comes time. back. We're gonna Wait, see we're gonna see what? Else. We're gonna see Brett on something else very soon, uh, and I guess I can. It's, I mean, it doesn't matter. It's on Netflix. It's Bachelor. It'll be coming it's out on the circle. Soon. I'm not. I'm not at liberty to say, but it's Wait, coming the- out hopefully soon. And <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm excited to watch him. But um, let's see. Who would I like to see back? You know, I, I just like. I don't know. I, I know this is silly, but I was such a Janelle fan. Like I love her in the house. She's unpredictable. The things that come out of her mouth are fucking amazing. Like, and I just think she, it, it doesn't matter how old she is. I still want to see her play. Like, I don't care. I, I want to play. She's a fucking her. legend. I would die to, to, to play with her. Would be let's, just, let's just make a new show. It's just competitions only. And it's Janelle and Michael. And it's just yeah, seasons worth the competitions. Oh my gosh. You know what? They, you know what CBS should do? They should make a season of all bromances. Ooh, gosh, that'd be a smelly house. I tell a you, romance <laughs> season. Let's fucking go. Uh, I don't think America wants to see that anymore. I think the days of, of guys like me and Brett getting a phone call are probably probably about done. <laughs> <laughs> we need we need like a, a completely different show called The Bromance and just yeah. Kind of- we hey, you know, yeah, you never know. I we had a. It's funny. We had like a a lukewarm weird thing going on right after the show. This guy that reached out was looking to do something, but it didn't pan out. Like I said, dude, the, the business is so fickle. I just don't believe anything until, you know, a true, you know, thing comes through. So yeah, you never know, but they have my phone number. I'm not holding my breath, uh, <laughs> but I think that next year there'll be a twist. I do think there'll be something. Yeah. Maybe they'll like copy some big brother Canada shit. Hopefully. Have you watched Big Brother Canada, Winston? I've only seen snippets and stuff on Twitter, YouTube, here and there. I know they've got some crazy. It's that's where we did our first podcast. It was fucking best season of Big Brother I've watched. Canada Ten. If you think the house in uh, the U.S. is small, Canada gives them an entire like campus studio. You can go like forever rooms away and have a private conversation, not think anyone's listening and not be worried about it. It's a different game. And their comps are next level. Like comps are like next the level. The shit that BB US does is like sleeping compared to what BB Canada was. It was That's insane. Crazy. Because I know that they they are huge fans of the US show. Like mm-hmm. massive fans. And I'm I mean I know they have their own going on, but like getting to go to Canada after the show and like 
that was the funnest trip I think me and Brett ever took. Like that was Vancouver or where? We went to Alberta and um, Calgary. Oh, nice. And a couple of uh, event spaces there and did an appearance and it was the funnest trip of my life. Like we just had an absolute blast, but the fans are so cool and like everybody's just so fun. But yeah, it's, it's a different world in Canada for sure. Winston, this is, this is big brother after dark. So care to divulge any other details? <laughs> yes, sir. The details of that trip will hopefully die in our graves with me and Brett right now. There are some things that, man, I, I swear though, if there would have been a crew following me and him around that first couple months after we got out, we just goofed off. And I'm telling you, boy, I'm, I, we don't even speak about a few nights. There are a few things we don't talk about. Boston, that's a trip that will just never be discussed. Um, no, I'm just kidding, man. We we just had some fun, good old fashioned, you know. Good old fashioned fun. Well, good. We have a we have a reason to invite you back for the official Big Brother After Dark podcast. But <laughs> with that said, Winston, thank you so much for joining us tonight. We had a great time breaking down this BB24 finale. And thank you for all the inside information about the game itself you gave us. Dalton Charles, as always, thank you for joining me this season. Hopefully we'll be back soon, whether it's for BB Canada, BB US, or maybe something else in the works. Uh, we'll let you all know soon. Uh, but with that, thank you all for listening. Uh, rate, make sure to rate, subscribe us on uh, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And uh, yeah, maybe next season I'll come up with an official outro. But for now, thank you all for listening. And, <laughs> thank you for uh, having me. Thank you very yeah. much, and I appreciate it. And listen, Dalton, we're gonna get you on there right after this. We're gonna. <laughs> He's doing it. Yeah. We're we're gonna we're gonna get him on. we're gonna map it out. Let's go. Uh, all right. Thanks everyone for listening. We'll uh, see you all soon.